This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. You know, we get to we get to come into this house and freely worship today. It's it's something we take for granted every single Sunday. Is that we get to come into this house and freely worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We don't realize what a privilege that is. Not listen, we, we're able to come in and sit in padded seats. We've got donuts, we've got coffee, we've got all the pleasures even to make the experience suitable for our flesh and we take it all for granted I want to tell you it's a privilege to be able to come in to his presence it's a privilege to be able to come into his house and lift up his name amen hallelujah my heart was just so stirred this last week I know many of you watched it Act 6-4 conference and I want to just thank Jason and Tasha for putting that on. I know it's a lot of t- just tiring work that they do. To, this conference is really just to minister to pastors. Anybody can go but the main focus of that is just to minister and revive pastors and Jason I don't mind telling you I didn't realize I needed revival like church we can get to where we're going through the motions and not even realize that our oil level has gotten low I started a series last week on redigging old wells and I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about redigging the well of preparation for his coming In 2015, Wycliffe Bible translators stated that there were 7,000 different languages, just shy of 7,000 in the world. And to that date, 1,900 of them still did not have the Bible translated into their dialect where they could fully understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're working feverishly to make that happen by 2025. And I want to tell you, Jesus is coming again. Matthew 24, 14 says this, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then it says, And then... The end will come. Matthew 24, 36 says this, But of that day or the hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as it was in the days of Noah, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Watch therefore, verse 42, for you do not know the hour the Lord is coming. 
But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would have come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. Jesus is coming back. Sometimes I'm afraid we lose track of the fact that Jesus is returning. Not because somebody predicted 88 reasons in 1988. Anybody remember that? Some guy predicted 88 reasons in 1988 that Jesus would come. Not because of a prediction, but because he proclaimed it with his own mouth. If I go, I will return again and receive you unto myself. The day is rapidly approaching that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. On that day, all of the men's thoughts and interpretations of Scripture won't matter much anymore because the author himself is going to step onto the scene Every falsehood is going to be silenced and the truth of who he is in his word will once of all be established in the hearts of mankind. Jesus is coming again. Revelations 22, the John the Revelator says, and behold, I am coming quickly. He's talking of the Lord and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last. It goes on in verse 20 to say, God says, surely I am coming quickly. Jesus is coming again. Man can try to delay it. I read somewhere recently that at the eastern gate over in Palestine that they have all kind of, some of you may have, anybody ever been to Israel uh, in, in this place? Maybe a few of you have, but uh, at the eastern gate that they have all sorts of trash, debris, and rocks piled up against the eastern gate. Because they know the prophecy that says, the Lord says, I'm returning and I'm coming through the eastern gate. And even the ones that don't really believe that he's Savior and Lord, they're afraid that he's going to come back. And they're, they've got all this debris piled up in case he tries to make an entrance. Maybe they can keep him out. But I want to tell you something. When my God hears the words of the Father, when Jesus hears the words of the Father, and he says, Son, I want you to go get my children. There's not a force in hell or a force of man that can hold him back. Jesus is returning. Just like he said. But I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you prepared for the return of the Lord? I want to look at Matthew 25, 1 through 13 this morning. I want to read this text and then give you a few thoughts on this. It's the parable of the ten virgins, five foolish and five wise. Matthew 25, verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. 
Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy, and they fell asleep. And at midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all of the virgins awoke and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. Mm. The virgins who were ready went with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Verse 13 says, therefore keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour that the Lord is going to return. This morning I want to talk to you just for a few moments about this text. And I know this, this text has been preached by theologians and great scholars from every angle in, in history, in Scripture. But I want to I wanna just talk to you about the main point it makes this morning. You must have some oil in your reserve. If you're going to be ready for the Lord's return, in Jewish custom the oil was used in lamps to illuminate the path of the bridegroom coming back to receive the bride after they would be betrothed to one another and promised to one another. And Scripture oil most often represents the, the anointing of the, or the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that you and I, as the church, we need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life if we are, be, if we are to be prepared for Christ's return. Because you and I don't know the day or the hour that it's coming. I can, I can remember being about 10, 12 years old and watching some of the, uh, they didn't call them left behind movies then, but uh, they, they used to have these movies and about the rapture and they would have the little guys dressed up and they would have Unite wrote on there. Because anybody remember those movies and they would drive around in the van and they would pick up Christians that had been left during the rapture. And I can remember hearing my dad and my mom talk about Jesus is coming back every day and I was so upset because I wanted to get my driver's license before that happened. I said, if he would just hold on. If he, I, I remember telling my dad, I said, if he would just hold on till I'm 18, I want to just drive for two years. And now I'm 47, and I just soon let somebody else drive if I go somewhere. Wasn't that important after all? But I want to tell you, we don't know the day or the hour that Jesus will return. I want to talk about the ten virgins that are represented in the Scripture. It said five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. One thing I find interesting is life happened to all of them. Verse 5 says the bridegroom was a long time coming and they all became drowsy and they just 
fell asleep. In other words, life still happened uh, to the ones that kept their oil up and the ones that kept the oil down. Life happens to us all. But it's important that we recognize today that five of those virgins did not put a value on the oil. They didn't put a value on the anointing in their life. And church, I want to tell you, it's time that you and I, as children of God, once again begin to put a value on the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's not meant for the pastor just to be anointed or the singers to be anointed, but God has called you to be anointed with fresh oil, fresh fire from heaven on the inside of you so that when you're waiting for Christ's return that you can minister to the lost and to the broken. You need fresh oil inside of you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, For we are vessels or temples of the Holy Ghost. You and I are supposed to be the lamp that illuminates the way of Christ's return. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like the five foolish virgins. I, I don't want complacency to illuminate the Christ's return into my life, but I want the blazing fire of the Holy Ghost to illuminate everything that I do when God comes me comes and back to receive me unto himself. I want to be working for him. There was an old song that said, Give me oil in my lamp. Oh, some of you 70s and 80s people have been, Keep me burning, burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp. I pray hallelujah. There you go. Give me oil in my lamp. Burn, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. I want to tell you, God is looking for a church that's willing to keep oil in their lamp. God is looking for people that once again puts a value on the anointing. If we become a church that we just begin to fall asleep as life happens and life goes by, we'll even make comments, well, I'm just waiting for the coming of the Lord. Well, I want to tell you, that's great to be looking forward to Christ's return. I, I can tell you I'm looking forward to it more now than I was when I was 16 years old. But I want to tell you something. I, we need to be working we need to be vibrant for the Lord until he comes. We need to, maybe we need to bring out that old song in our prayer life and just pray it to God and say, God, give me some oil in my lamp. God, keep me burning until that day. Keep me burning for the Lord. God wants you on fire for him. Jesus is coming back for a church that is overflowing with Pentecostal power. It saddens me to say that we have Pentecostal churches all across this nation that aren't Pentecostal anymore. Say, what does that word Pentecostal really mean? It just means we've got some fire about what we believe. And I, 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 it sickens me to think that there are churches that come in and they supposedly share the gospel, but they don't have any fire. They don't have any anointing. They don't have any excitement about what we believe. But I want to tell you, if we believe it, we need to be excited to know that God is still bringing a fresh anointing into the church. I think about the fresh oil that was released on 120 believers on the day of Pentecost. 
Boy, the preparation that began that very day for Christ's return. The New Testament church was birthed in that Pentecostal outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells it in the book of Acts that shortly after they left the upper room that Peter went out and preached the first sermon of the New Testament church and over 3,000 people were saved. Jesus is coming back for a church that is flowing with the oil of Pentecostal power. I want to tell you, we've tried everything else to keep the church ablaze. Now, I want to tell you, I've thought this a thousand times, and I've never said it, and I heard two preachers say it this week at this conference. We have, we have put everything we can do and I'm not, listen, don't anybody take me out of context. I'm all about doing fun stuff. I want, I want to do stuff for the community. But we have put everything we have gotten into programs and things that we can do to try to buy people and attract people. I had somebody tell me just in the last few weeks, well, we, we need to come up with a new something for this church to have a, a draw, to draw people. I want to tell you what the draw of this church needs to be. This church needs to draw people because the anointing of the Holy Ghost is alive and well in the house. I'm all about having a blow up. I'm all about having a pancake dinner. But if we have it, I want to know that the anointing of the Holy Ghost is flowing in the house. Somebody praise him in this place. A fresh flame of Pentecostal power is our only hope if we are once again to experience revival in the church. A new members class won't do it. Another discipleship class won't do it. Another blow up won't do it. We need an authentic move of the Holy Ghost in God's house again. We need hearts ablaze in the church. I'm all up. Programs are great. Education is great. Learning new things is great. But there has never been or supposed to have been a replacement for the authentic anointing of the Holy Spirit. We have, in, in, in church, we have, we've come in and we've said, well, we, we, we're not going to have a, the Holy Spirit move because it may offend somebody. I want to tell you something. If they ain't offended by what went on down at Irma's bar when they were there on Friday night, they ain't going to be offended at the Holy Ghost. Some of you are wondering where Irma's bar is. It's on Westover Drive back in Danville, Virginia. And I never went there. But I heard every preacher in town talk about it when I was growing up. Let me tell you, the Holy Ghost does not offend. Well, we don't know what the visitors may think. Can I tell you something about the visitors? If they came to this church, they're looking for something. They may not be looking for me or you, but they're looking for something that they're not getting somewhere else. And what they're looking for is for the power of Almighty God to begin to saturate His house once again and transform the lives of people. If we had more oil in the house on reserve, we wouldn't be debating whether Christians can drink or not. We wouldn't be debating, well, can you smoke? Is it okay if I, I I've been asked this question. 
oh, Pastor, is it okay if I if, can can I smoke marijuana because they legalized it? I'm just going to tell you. Sometimes I get questions. Sometimes I feel like I may need to smoke one. Come on, help me, somebody. I didn't say I would. I just said I have to pray through that moment. Come on. We, be, we began to debate. Well, is this wrong? Or is that wrong? Or is this wrong? Or is that wrong? And the problem in the church we have today is we don't have any fire. And the reason we don't have any fire is because we don't have no oil left on reserve. Life has begun to suck everything out of us and we've done nothing to replenish the fresh oil of the Holy Spirit in our life. We're not a blazing fire for the Lord anymore. And when there is no fire, there is no purification. We, we, we used to, we used to, oh my God, help me this morning. And I'm not mad, I'm just intense. We used to, we used to have messages that were preached. Help me somebody, they used to call them hellfire and damnation. Thank you, I appreciate that. And I'm not by any means saying that we can't go so far as that we just browbeat people and condemn them because of their sin. But I want to tell you something. When we begin to take convicting preaching out of the church, when we begin to take convicting preaching and let people think, you see, the five virgins that were foolish, the Bible says they were in the, as far as I know, they were in the same room, the same complex. They had the same little lamp that the other virgins had. They looked the part. They, every day they looked the same part. I believe that they had, they, they had the same place to bathe, the same place to dress. They had the whole process down pat. There was one difference. They didn't have any oil left on reserve for when the bridegroom came. And I want to tell you that's a picture of how the church has become today. We've got people that are coming in and out and they're receiving watered down messages that have no conviction, no power, no anointing and they're able to walk through the door of the church and go home and not be changed. God help the church if he comes back and doesn't find our old well full of reserve and power of the Holy Ghost. Listen, if, if somebody comes in this house and they leave and are not convicted because of the sin that's in their life, I've done something wrong. Church, we've got to wake up because Jesus is returning. We've got to begin to unclog the well of preparation for his coming the day is the, the, the virgins, those foolish virgins, they, when they realized that the day was upon them, they began to reach out and say, oh, help us, help us. What, what, uh, they look into somebody else to fix what was going on. Can I tell you that the day is coming and Romans 14, 12 tells us that every man, woman, and young person is going to give an account for who? Himself. 
The day's coming. Praise God for godly grandmothers and godly wives. Some godly women. Let me, let me just back up. Man, I'm going to get on you just a minute, but I'll, I'll get off of you in a second. Praise God for some godly women in the church because if we hadn't had godly women in the church, I don't know if the church in America would have survived as well as it has because we've had godly women that were willing to stand in the gap when the husband wouldn't go to service, when the kids didn't go because the husband didn't go, when everybody else did something else. We've had some godly moms and some godly grandmothers that said, I'm going to stand in the gap. But hear me today, there's a day coming when your grandma's salvation and your mama's salvation and your mama's prayer life and your wife's prayer life is not going to get you by. God is looking for you to have a fresh, authentic outpouring of the Holy Ghost in your life. I, I don't, I don't want to survive off Stephanie's oil. Why? Because guess what? She needs the oil she's got to make it herself. We are battling hell and circumstances in this world, folks. She needs the oil that God's given her. I need to get my own for myself. And it comes when I begin to seek him with my whole heart. We need convicting preaching. Well, uh, the church is the church wasn't going. We're not going to grow if we we preach about stuff like that. Let me tell you, some of the churches that you think are growing, they're just swollen. And swollen churches are full of infection. I've never seen anything swollen that didn't have infection in it. Not all, but there are some churches that are just swollen. They're not growing. Just enough isn't enough. It's impossible for us to calculate the future of anything, but God is looking for us to have an abundance of oil on hand. How do I keep an abundance of oil? Then we realize we've got to have extra oil. We've got to have extra oil. How do we have it? By staying focused on the work of the kingdom until he comes. We can't allow spiritual laziness to clog the well of preparation for his coming. Stop using all your oil up in the wrong places. I had a pastor tell me one time, and he was talking about pastoring people, but it still fits. When I went into pastoring, he said, pastor that pastored me when I was a young man, he said, Mike, be very careful because a squeaky, heel, a squeaky wheel will end up getting all your oil. And he said, a squeaky wheel's never going to change. He said, you can give them all the oil you got, and at the end of the day, it's still going to squeak. And I want to tell you something. Some of the things that you're pouring your oil out on, that you're pouring your time, your resources, all of your rest, every, everything, you, you're just spending yourself on things that can never be completed or fulfilled. Because most of them are things of the flesh. They don't have to be sinful things. But I want to tell you something about your flesh. You can't feed it enough. You can't, you can't feed it enough. We spend our oil on too many of the wrong places. We must stay focused on the kingdom. It's the abundance of oil that connects the heavenly realm to the earthly realm. I couldn't help but notice that in the last part of that text that the ones that had the abundance of oil got to go behind the veil. 
The ones that had the abundance of oil got to go behind the door into the bridal chamber, into the banquet room. And church, I want to tell you, if we want an authentic move of the Holy Ghost here at Life Fellowship, it's going to be because people decide we're not content living on this side of the door any longer. God, whatever it takes, I want to get on the other side of the door. One of the best examples in Scripture, I, I, I can't remember the verses, but it's in 2 Kings chapter 4, talking about the widow. The Bible says that she had two sons, and they were getting ready to be sold into slavery by the creditors. And she talked to the man of God and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, well, what have you got? She said, all I've got is just a little bit of oil. I don't know how big her oil flask was, but she said, I've just got a little bit. It's not enough to do anything. The man of God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take what you've got. Look at your name and say, take what you got. He said, I want you to take what you've got. And if you would take it and just begin to pour it out. Now, I want, I want to explain to you how crazy this sounds. This woman's about to die, lose everything she's got. She's about, her kids are going to be sold. I mean, she, she is in dire straits. All she's got is a little bit of oil. And he said, well, what you got? Just pour that out. See, in church, I'm really not mad. I'm just intense this morning. But in church, well, I, I wish I could do something else for the Lord, but I'm just busy. I can't spare. Any, you can't spare anything else for God because you're spending it all on something else. He said, I want you to take that little bit of oil and I want you to take it and I want you to pour it out. So she said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. If you'll read that text in 2 Kings chapter 4, the Bible says that she, he told her, he said, I want you to get empty vessels. And he said, if you'll just begin to fill empty vessels, I'm going to allow the, the kitchen of heaven to cut open the oil vats and it's going to just begin to supply you with oil. It's never going to run out. And the Bible says that she began to take that little bit of oil and she began to fill canisters like this right here over and over and over and something amazing happened. The oil in her jar never ran dry. It just kept replenishing and replenishing because she was willing to take what she didn't think she had to spare and put it in an empty vessel. And if you and I as the church, if we want to see the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow in this house, it's going to come because we decide to pick up an empty vessel where we work. It's going to decide, it's going to come because at the restaurant we eat at, we're going to see an empty vessel because somewhere in our family, we're going to see an empty vessel. And even though life, he's beat you up and flipped you around and you don't know which way is left, right, north, east, south, or west, but you say what little bit of all I got I'm going to pour it out because I know that there is one that brings an anointing I know that there is one that breaks the yoke of bondage I know a savior that still heals and when you begin to take what you have and you begin to pour it into empty vessels God will begin to supply all back into your life I want serving God to illuminate the path of Christ's return. God, hold us again by what first drew us. 
the attraction of the cross and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. How, how many of you, just curious this morning, how many of you may have came from a Baptist background and can remember your first experience in a Pentecostal church? I know I did, several people. When you left, you said, it's something different about this place. And can I tell you, that's what God wants. God wants his house to be different than what you can get out there. This house is supposed to be different. If, 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 if this house is just like every other house, don't invite people here. Just tell them, so we got about six churches up and down precinct. You ought to find you one. Now, if they want to tithe here, that's fine. But I'm, no, I'm just kidding. Listen, this house ought to be different. I want to know that the anointing of the Holy Ghost is the attracting power in this house. You see, we've got so many other things that have our attention. Spiritually, we're sick in the American church. Materially, we've got all that we need. We've got, look, they, they've made it easy to buy anything you want. You can go down here and buy you a flat screen for $3 a month at the rental place and pay for it until you're 173. You can buy anything you want. If you can't afford the car, they'll just say, well, let us finance that for you for eight years. The wheel's going to be falling off of that thing before you even, before you even pay for it. But we, we, we'll, we've got all the material things of life, but spiritually, we're sick. I saw a quote this morning from David Livingston, a great missionary. He said, here's the remedy for the sick church in America. They need to be put on a missionary's diet. We've got everything that we want materially. But are we ready for Christ's return? Each and every person in this place this morning, I want you to ask yourself, am I ready for the return of the Lord? What's, where's my oil level? Do I have anything on reserve? We must unclog the well of preparedness for his coming. We need vessels that are once again filled with the abundance. Three little quick things I'm going to give you just in about two minutes right here. How do I recognize that there's a lack of oil in my life? You see, the five virgins didn't realize they had, they were just, they thought they were fine. This is the danger. Listen to me this morning. This is the danger when there's no anointing, when there's no oil. You don't realize, you don't realize the shape spiritually that you're in. How do we recognize a lack of oil in our lives? Find yourself going through the motions but you know there's emptiness inside. Your vessel may look just like somebody else's, but you know that there's lack. Running on empty has become your standard. 
want to ask you this morning spiritually, how many of you are running on empty? Not on your job, maybe not with your kids, but when it comes to the Lord, how many people in this house, you found yourself at a place where you're running on empty? Second thing, you're always looking to find someone to help you get out of the next crisis. Listen, when you've got the anointing of the Holy Ghost operating on the inside of you, you can gird up your own loins. You can tie your own shoes and say, listen, I've got this because God is on my side. Number three, you find yourself standing on the outside looking in and you feel the separation from the Lord. I can only imagine the five foolish versions as they stood on the outside and they were looking in, seeing, man, they're at the banquet. Have you ever had a place in life where you felt like, man, I, you just see God moving and you feel like you're outside of the box, that you're not experiencing what everybody else is? Maybe your oil's low. Church, once again, we've got to have, Eric, if you'd come. We've got to have an authentic move of Pentecostal fire in God's house. Because, well, I just want to, I just want to, this, or I just, let me tell you something. Real conviction comes from fire. When you have Pentecostal fire operating in the house, it multiplies the conviction of the cross times a thousand. When you just have that power of the Holy Spirit operating in this house. Jesus is coming back. Listen, I, I hope I get to see my grandkids. Be really neat if I get to see them before he comes. I want to tell you something. I want to be ready the moment he comes through that eastern sky. I already had this scripture picked out to preach before I went to that conference this week. I believe it was in the first service on Wednesday morning. There was a word given. It was about, it was about oil. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I didn't realize that, I, that my reserve was as low as it was. I didn't realize that I, that I had become as dry as I had become. And man, going into that second day, I could literally feel just a refreshing, just like a, just like a deluge of just, I mean, just God just pouring refreshment out on my life. 
the crazy thing about it is I was refreshed. The things that would, were bothering me before I was refreshed, they didn't matter anymore. And I want to ask this church this morning, individually, how many of you are really ready for God's return? When he's going to, we're going to be called up to meet him in the air. When he, when that trumpet sounds. We may have those in here this morning that maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you've accepted the Lord, but you've never walked with him. But I want to ask you this morning, are you ready to meet the Lord? And then when it comes to the church, church, I want to ask you, are you ready to unclog that well of preparedness for his coming? Everything that's been blocking up that well, are you really prepared? Have you got enough oil? How's your anointing in your life? When you, when you walk into God's house, when you get in your car and head to work on Monday morning, can you feel and sense the anointing of the Holy Ghost in your life? Well, Pastor, you, don't, you just don't understand everything that's happened in my life. I want to tell you something. Life happened to all ten of these women. Five of them figured it out that even though life continues to happen even though we've all been asleep there, there's not a chance that I'm not going to keep my oil level up and I want to tell you something it's possible for you to still operate under the anointing even though all hell seems to be unleashed against your life oh I'm talking to somebody this morning you see the devil will try to whisper in your ear when 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 things aren't going well in your family or on your job or with your finance or whatever it may be, well, there's no way God could use you. I, I want to tell you that is a, that's a lie. Because through crushing, through pressing, you get the purest of oils. And through that process of life, your anointing is not to decrease. Actually, it's quite the opposite. Your anointing should be on the increase. Are you ready for Christ's return? I look across this place this morning, I wonder how many people really have an oil reserve that's way too low and you know it. You know if a crisis hits you broadsided Monday morning, you don't know if you can make it through another one. That's a sign that your oil level is low. But I've got good news this morning is that there is plenty oil in the house of God. There, there is plenty oil still coming from the throne. Isn't that amazing? That there's never, in everything that's happened in the history of the world, there's never been one ounce of anointing lost. That, that's, that, that's almost just, that's mind-boggling. If you really dwell on that, Jason, that there's never, God hasn't lost one ounce of power, anointing, foothold. He hasn't lost anything through the, 9-11 attacks through the Jewish Holocaust through everything that's happened throughout history God has never lost a foothold 
he's doing. And there's anointing that's still available for you. I want every head bowed and every eye closed in this place this morning. Just be very reverent. No, no, no getting up and moving around, if you will. I, I want to ask just a couple of questions this morning. The first question is this. Is there anybody in this place, and I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to call you out in front of the church, but I want to pray for you right where you sit. If you're in this place this morning, you can say, Pastor, I don't really know if I've ever accepted Jesus as my Savior, and, and I, if I died today, I don't know if I'd be ready to meet the Lord. But I'd like to leave this building knowing for sure that I am a blood-bought child of the living God. If you're in this place this morning, you want to be assured that salvation is yours this morning. Would you slip up your hand and wait just a moment? Maybe you're unsure. Wait just a moment. Just a moment. Anybody else? See that hand. Anybody else? Wait just a moment. Then let me ask this question right here. How many of you saints in the house this morning would be honest enough to say, I need my oil reserve refilled because I, I, I really have become accustomed to running on empty. If that's you, I want you just to get out of your seat and come down here right now. I don't need you to raise your hand. Don't wait on anybody else. You know that you've been running on empty. And I want to tell you, I believe that God is going to refill your oil well this morning. I want to ask you just to be obedient, church. You can be honest. Just to say, God, I, I'm running on empty. I'm running on empty. But God, I need you to refill me this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And let me have some prayer warriors right here. Come on, God, people are still coming. Let me have some prayer warriors right here. You feel like you're running on empty still. Just come, just come. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.